Hello and welcome to Early Childhood Ireland's podcast. Our podcast features interviews and discussions on all issues relating to quality early learning and care with a range of speakers who are leaders in the areas that matter to Early Childhood Ireland members. I'm Maura Corbett and I work with Early Childhood Ireland. In this series of the podcast, we're looking at some aspects of policy and research. In this episode, we're going to explore some current thinking and research about how children thrive, play and learn, and how in Early Childhood Ireland we support and share this thinking. So my guests today are my colleagues Jacinta Sheeran and Melitza Atanaskovic, Director and Manager respectively, on our Membership Excellence and Learning team. Jacinta has worked in Early Childhood Ireland for 21 years and over that time she's worked closely with members uh, ensuring that they feel the, the value of membership and building up relationships with our members. And Melitza's background in early years is rooted within a passionate interest in creative arts and child participation. She originally studied design communication before moving into ECCE in Australia. She considers training and mentoring as a key element of quality in early learning and care, and she has worked as an educator, service manager, and trainer. And she also combines experience from a range of creative disciplines to her work. So thanks for joining me today, both of you. You're really welcome. Thanks, Maura. Great to be here. Thank you, Maura. Looking forward to it. So, Melitza, I'll come to you first. From your current reading and research, what's you know, what's coming to the surface in terms of um, research and action research? And we've had some webinars and so on recently. So, you know, where's where's the current thinking about how children thrive, play and learn? I mean, there there might be three small words, but there is a a huge breadth of of research and and thinking uh, behind those uh, those words. So uh, what are you reading and what are you seeing at the moment? So. I mean, I think more, and, and you'll probably agree, and Jacinthia, you'll probably agree as well. A lot of what we're we're reading and, and seeing and hearing is actually, in my view, kind of reinforcing a lot of what we've you know long known. And um, I suppose what I mean by that is a lot of the research of the past is still just as current and really, I suppose, complementary to the research you know, that's coming out and what it's, you know, telling us. And, you know, as an organization, I suppose we've always been, you know, deeply passionate about play um, and learning through play and and what we're finding with a lot of the research, you know, and I I would have written and spoken about it before, but even, you know, Alison Gopnik is, you know, what what the research is telling us is, is really just reinforcing what we've long known and 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 it's that how critical play is to to development um and how really giving children the opportunity to play creates you know really flexible and I think Alison Gopnik even says like sophisticated thinkers um but it's about the top the type of play and I think the last number of years um particularly with um COVID and you know particularly with this uh, you know I suppose in some ways dependency on the outdoors that we've really started to reignite a lot of what we've long known and and for me that's actually sort of the most exciting piece that it's not necessarily that 
the current research is telling us something different. What it's actually doing is it's it's re- reinforcing a lot of what we've already known. Um, and, and just, I suppose, how how research links, you know, how important, for example, play is for so many areas of a child's, you know, development from, you know, their social skills and, you know, their 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 language development. So it's a it's a really hard one to wrap up in, <laughs> you know, but that they're the things that I suppose are, are speaking to me at the moment. And I think that idea, it's its something that I really like, is that re-emerging um, recognition that's slow, that, you know, that bit that I listened to a video recently from the Frebel Trust, and it reminded me of the podcast that we did with Geraldine French on slow pedagogy, um, you know, that everything shouldn't and can't be done in a day or a week or a year, that it's you know, taking time, uh, giving children time to explore and think and figure things out for themselves. Um, and that relational bit, that building relationships. And I think Ashther is particularly strong in that through well-being, that, you know, giving that 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 bit of slow pedagogy and the value of time for me, I think, is something that's really important. Yeah, I absolutely, totally that. I mean, one one of my favorite podcasts um, from is is Jer French's um, one where she speaks around the you know relational pedagogy, um, and I think that's something that you know that slowing down that piece that we're always speaking to and and, and speaking about. Um, I suppose the other thing as well, more sorry, just as you were speaking there, that that struck me is you know what's been really important over the last number of years and what what we're seeing hearing a lot more about is is really giving children voice um and you know the importance i suppose in in our practice and in listening to children um and listening to their voice and and i think that's something that's um coming out a lot more strongly um in, in our pedagogy and and in our approach to working with children you know that of course the rights of the child as long as it, you know, we've, you know, that's existed and that, but now we're really seeing that in practice and, and what that looks like and interrogating that more and reflecting more on what that means and what that that type of participation actually means, you know, in the day-to-day, in the here and now. Yeah, I think that is something that 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 has evolved maybe to a different place that maybe some of the, you know, some of the research and thinking around play is reinforcing what we knew, but some of, of that work on participation is developing. I was, you know, doing some shelter visits there a couple of months ago. And when I was, you know, rereading that component on uh, viewing children as partners, uh, you're right, I was thinking about how that has evolved since Shilta was launched in what 2006, and yeah. that our thinking on participation and children as partners is very different. Um, and when we were talking to Laura Lundy kind of this time last year, you know, that that was made really clear that, you know, there was a time when children's participation was kind of like, do you want some, do you want a glass of milk or do you want a glass of water? Where she spoke about a nursery accommodating um, the fact that her child just didn't want to sleep and didn't spend half an hour trying to make him sleep. They accepted that 
he wasn't a sleeper and um, worked with him in a, in a different way, recognizing that, um, you know, his participation at that stage and time didn't involve him sleeping. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, Laura Lundy and, and Anne O'Donnell, it, you know, they would have spoken about it far, far more eloquently than I will probably, give, you know, do it justice. But, you know, they would speak a lot to that exactly that point that, you know, yes, it's about listening to children. That's so important. It's about giving them voice, but it's about giving them voice in that decision making piece, you know, and, and even if that that decision and the decision making isn't necessarily you know, what the child wants, that they have still been listened to, that they their their views have still been taken on board. And then it's discussed with them in an age appropriate way where they can understand, you know, the reason for the decision making as well. And I think that's why, you know, the the work um that that like Laura Lundy's work and I suppose also the the work of the department where they've developed the framework is is so useful because it's really giving you um, this model to really, you know, look at as a framework and, and really look at it, the point you're kind of making that moving it further, moving it deeper into actually involving the child in, in that decision making and what that looks like. And it is it doesn't look like the child saying we want things this way and that's the way it needs to be. It's actually explaining to them a rationale around well why it mightn't be able to be this way, but how, you know, how we could accommodate some of some of those wishes or how we can work together, you know, and I think that's the the deeply respectful piece of it all. And that's the real um you know, piece that's really about that sort of child participation that they speak speak about um, and that Laura Lundy's research is really rooted in. Yeah, and that it's a, you know, a genuine partnership that yes, that, that the child is is a partner in the decision, not not necessarily leading the decisions on on their own in a chaotic way. Um, I know, Millie, you mentioned about children's voices and um you know, I suppose, do you want to say something about the current work you're engaged in with Mother Tongues? Oh, yeah. You're speaking about Mother Tongues. <laughs> she gets excited now, Maura. <laughs> no, do you know what? It's, you know, I think it's... Um, I love speaking about it because mother tongues are such experts in this area. Um, and, you know, for Early Childhood Ireland as an organisation, but for me personally, you know, over the last number of months, you know, I've really not only learned so much, but it's it's been a really lovely reflective space for me. Um, and, you know, I think part of that is, you know, because, you know, I'm half Serbian, yet I don't speak Serbian. And it's something that English was prioritized. So my father would, my father is is Serbian, but he, you know, he didn't prioritize speaking Serbian to us as children. And we've spoken about this before, you know, Maura, but it's something that uh, I've always found quite frustrating, you know, and I say it to him all the time, you know, and my siblings would say we find it quite quite frustrating because, you know, the Serbian part of us is really part of our identities. And because we don't speak the language, um, it, you know, it can it can be frustrating. However, you know, the work of mother tongues has just been so wonderful because what mother tongues, you know, um, are trying to do is to really promote linguistically and, and culturally diverse, you know, educational and 
environments, but also, you know, this is it's Irish society as a whole. So a lot of that work is really around nurturing, you know, the, the linguistic diversity that exists within, say, you know, for us as an organisation within early childhood and education and school age childcare settings um, and how just being so aware of that and supporting, you know, the individual needs of children and, and the cultures that they're coming from, how that is such a deep reflective space to be in um, and very contextual, you know, because when you think of our culture, you know, and, and a setting, you have to be thinking about, well, what's the dominant culture, you know, that exists there? And, and how do you as an educator, you know, really look at that and look at what's in the best interest of, of you know, your families and your children? So, so yeah, I have to say it's, as Jacinth says, I get very excited talking about it because it's actually had a real profound kind of even impact on me around, you know, I suppose my own thinking around it, but also what Mother Tongues, you know, a lot of their work and, and the resources that we've most recently developed with them. It's really about creating really practical and accessible um, tools and ways to actually make make you know, I suppose all children feel that their their linguistic diversity, their culture is is really relevant. So um, I'd really yeah, recommend if people haven't had the opportunity to go and listen to the videos, um, Francesca, who's recorded them, is so you could just listen to her all day long <laughs> and you get so much out of them. And I really think it will really support people to really think deeply about their own their own setting and their own context and, and what that means for for not only them, um, but also, you know, for for the children and families. Yeah, it, it's it's such an important, you know, I suppose, again, it's something that has moved in thinking that there might have been a, a time when, you say, like like your dad, that um, part of the integration was that you became as like the country that you were in as possible. Yeah. And that meant it was seen as important to leave behind maybe where you came from and that we're, we're valuing that so much more now that it's so important to keep where you came from and that, you know, children will learn the language of the country they're in much better if they have affluence in their mother tongue, literally. So it's um, a really exciting project. And also as well, Maura, how that in turn enriches the setting and enriches, you know, society and enriches Irish society, you know, and I think, and I think that's um, something that's, that's so important. And I suppose what, what mother tongues are, are reminding us of is that, you know, for parents, they're experts in their mother tongues. You know, that, that's what they're experts in. So, you know, we have a, a responsibility to nurture that um, and to nurture that with the parent and, and in turn with the child. And, um, you know, it, it's something that over the next number of months and th through other projects that we're really fortunate to be working with mother tongues with that we're going to be, you know, further developing and exploring and, and exploring with our members, um, you know, which is is really important to us as as well, because I said, as I was saying, you know, I'm learning and, you know, learning more and, and you know, you're only going to continue to learn by listening to others, you know, the experiences of others and also those challenges um, and the positives. And yeah, so it's it's a really exciting um, space. And, you know, I suppose that's one thing. I mean, um, 
Jacinta can might also want to expand a little bit on, but you know, as an organization, it's really important to us that we partner with um, other organizations that not only are, are sort of experts in what they do, but really align with you know our mission and our vision and and you know our values as an organization, um, which are very much you know centered on the child um, and ensuring that all children, you know, have have experiences that are you know, meeting their needs and are, you know, very, very respectful of the, you know, the very diverse needs of all, all children, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And Jacinta, that's that's a, thanks, Melissa, that's a very nice segue into uh, <laughs> asking Jacinta. Um, Jacinta, I know you're a newly appointed director of uh, a new team um, with um, existing team members, but a new team membership, excellence and learning. So do you want to tell us a little bit about Early Childhood Ireland's new strategic plan and how that plan will uh, support member engagement, uh, enable us to continually learn from members and share that learning back with members yeah, absolutely, Maura, and I'm delighted to be coming into the role at, at the time of a new strategic plan. It's very exciting, very exciting for us as an organisation. We've restructured uh, to carry out that strategic plan, always thinking about the vision uh, and our mission as an organisation. And, you know, have developed two pillars, uh, the membership excellence and learning, which I head up. And then the policy advocacy and campaigning, which um, my colleague Francis heads up. That all our work um, will be guided by the strategic plan going into the future. And that work it will be guided by research. Um, the research, you know, is through engagement with members. Um, for sure, that's a, what we do on a daily basis, want to continue to do, um, involve our members uh, in the new strategic plan. And eventually, you know, that engagement with members, our ambition is to develop a cohort of educator researchers within our membership as well. So what Millie spoke to, you know, that those, those uh, educators, members will be researchers in their own right, uh, looking at that child participation within settings, um, doing research within their own settings, within practice, so it's a very ambitious uh, strategic plan. We're looking forward to working with members through it. Um, and yeah. So exciting, exciting times ahead. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, we we have a current series of blogs on uh, action research. And if you haven't seen the, the blogs, kind of, um, I'd encourage you when you're listening to kind of maybe have a look back on them because it's a, uh, fairly new concept in in Ireland. I know um, Debbie Mullen and I, when we did our, our master's in Penn Green a number of years ago, and Debbie has written about this in one of the blogs, that idea of um, uh, practitioner research was uh, kind of considered quite new here at, at the time. And um, but, you know, we see now that an awful lot of the and Sylvia O'Rourke and her her blog talked that bit about action research being something that, you know, a lot of the time we're doing every day. We see something. We wonder why why that is. We might do a little bit of reading about it. The bit that maybe we don't do as much is the kind of the, the capturing of it, the writing up. And when you describe action research, a lot of the time people say, oh, well, we do that all the time. We see the block area wasn't working. So we 
looked at Pinterest or we looked at Instagram and we saw other ways of doing it and we thought about why that mightn't be working. Um, so, you know, we identified the problem. We did the the research. We identified something to change. We implemented that and we reviewed that. Um, and sometimes it's it's just capturing that and I suppose sharing those stories back to feed into other people's research. Isn't that kind of yeah, the, exactly, the, the, more the steps? Yeah, exactly. I agree more. And one of the really important pieces in the new strategic plan is, you know, we'll be definitely looking at the impact and what impact we have on improving the uh, quality experiences for children. So that's a really important um, piece that we'll be engaging with going forward and engaging with members through that process. So, Millie, do you want to add anything to your experience of the uh, the new strategic plan and what the the aims are as we bed it down a bit. I suppose, you know, echoing what what Jacinta is saying, you know, I I think it is is ambitious. Um, However, it is, you know, very much about um, every child um, and, you know, the child and, you know, our strategy really is about having the child at the centre of our work, Um, and, you know, the member engagement piece, you know, to us, it's just so important that our work is evidence based and our members are, are really crucial to how we work. Um, they're crucial in terms of, you know, supporting us and helping us to, I suppose, identify what, what the problems are that exist. And, and as Jacinta speaking to then, you know, what what are the results or, or what what's the, you know, the intervention or how do we then, you know, develop, for example, you know, it could be, you know, forms of um, learning, continuous professional learning programs that, you know, support um, our members, um, or it could be that, you know, we engage in, as, as you're speaking to, you know, further action research. Um, but, you know, I, I was really struck yesterday, um, you know, our colleague Liz Cairns, um, who heads up, you know, the research um and data analysis team, you know, and and she she speaks, you know, a lot about you know, that really when we when we talk about quality and we're talking about, you know, what quality for children looks like, you know, I suppose we're that's what we're trying. We're really trying to kind of interrogate that. Um, and we're also aware that that is also deeply, I suppose, political um, and systemic and, and rooted in, in what's, you know, going on in politics and society. So as Jacinta was speaking to in relation to, you know, how we've structured now the organization and how, you know, member excellence and learning and then our policy and advocacy team, you know, it's about really, you know, looking at what those problems are and, you know, where do we need to look at it from a policy perspective? Where are we looking at it from a research um, perspective? And, and then what are, I suppose, the, the tools or the resources that need to be developed, you know, uh, as a result? So, you know, we're, we're definitely, as an organisation, in an exciting um, time, but, you know, there's lots of change within that, um, which, again, you know, um, is exciting, but, you know, it just challenges us to really, really think about what is it that we want for children, you know, and again, reminding us of our values and, you know, what do we mean by, you know, education and care and, you know, so there's, it's we're kind of in this space of, 
deep sort of research reflection, which is, is really lovely, but it's also about doing that with our members um, and learning from our members and, and really understanding, you know, the barriers and the challenges, um, you know. So, yeah, it's um, it's something that, as you can probably tell, you know, it's it's an exciting but also a, a, it's ambitious as well in terms of what we're trying to do with our work. But but that's that's a good thing, you know. That's it. It is. It's a, you know, and it's reassuring that the you know the fundamentals, I suppose, that we um, promote of the value of play, the value of slow, are uh, kind of unchanging, and the research continues to bear that out. You mentioned Alison Gopnik, uh, Melissa, who you know is just the insights uh, into how into children's brain development that she talks about are just so fascinating, and then. You know that newer um, thinking that we we in, encourage and promote around uh, participation, inclusion. Um, that, that you know, taking all that with us in uh, the the new team uh, and the new strategic plan is um, is great. So, uh, Jacinta, have you anything to say before we start to wrap up? Nothing for you, Tad. More thank you. It's been great chatting. I really appreciate it. And thank you both very much for your your time. It's you know it's really you know I suppose there's a kind of a reassurance in 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 that that um, you know there isn't an, a new kid on the block in terms of play <laughs> that uh, that that kid is still there and um, we'll um, continue to to promote and advocate for uh, for play um, as you know the key way in which children learn and develop. And so uh, thank you all very much for listening. Thank you, uh, Melissa and Jacinta for joining me today and if you enjoyed this podcast please tell your friends and we look forward to chatting with you the next time thanks Maura thank you Maura